0: Please and turn with me to the book of James in chapter number four. James in chapter number four this morning. And we're going to look at, I think, will be a familiar verse to you. We'll read verses 13, 14, and 15 and take our text from verse number 14. James chapter four, that's in your New Testament, headed toward the end of your Bible, a little small book of James. And uh, just a handful of chapters, five short chapters. And we'll begin reading together in verse 13. And when you find that, if you would stand with me, please, for the reading of the Word of God. James 5, verses 13 through 15. And together, please. Go to now... Ye that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live And do this or do that. Steve, you turn me up a little bit, please. My voice is a little rough and yelling at my wife a lot this week. And uh, I need a little extra. Thank you so much for that. Appreciate it. Uh, A little less than that. All right. Somewhere in the middle. Can't make me happy, can you? All right. That's good. Right. Thank you, sir. James 4, verses 13 through 15. I think probably most of you have heard those verses. A famous question will take uh, uh, the place of our uh, uh, title of the message this morning, right in the middle of verse 14. You see the question What is your life? What is your life? And the answer a vapor. It's here, it's gone. You ever go out on a frosty morning and go, oh. right? And it lasts just a moment or two. And the Lord said, That's what your life is. That's all it is. Let's see if we can answer this question this morning. Heavenly Father, through the power of the Holy Spirit, speak to me, use me, make me a blessing. And may these that hear also through the influence of the Holy Spirit receive thy word and thy truth. And may our lives uh, be more committed to Christ than ever before when we leave this place. If there's a soul yet that needs to walk down the aisle, this was just so wonderfully sung, let that happen today. Please don't let anybody leave here without Christ, lost and going to hell. And so uh, speak to us, I pray, in this hour in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you, and you may be seated. <clears throat> My wife and I were, uh, I know we were dating, not sure if we were engaged or not. We might have been engaged at the time. And I, she was already, she was at home for a holiday with her parents, and I was driving down to be uh, with her family, um, or driving back. I think I was driving back, perhaps. And I was headed back up toward, uh, where I was going to school, to college, Northwest Indiana, and 65. They lived outside of Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, uh, US 65 connects from uh, Lexington. uh, Excuse me, from uh, from Louisville up through Indianapolis, up into Northwest Indiana. And I came up upon an accident scene, and it had just happened, and I, I pulled off the pulled off the side of the road, went to the scene the truck driver I just pulled a, a blanket or jacket or something over the face of the deceased and um, and uh, I, I uh, knelt down felt for a pulse I couldn't find a pulse and um, and I, I was looking at the looking at the situation it was pretty apparent what had happened, was, it was very apparent what had happened. A portion of the vehicle that was hit was crushed. Most of the vehicle was not damaged. Um, but only the back, um, only the back right panel. And uh, and I looked in, in the car there, and the back seat was... Uh, was uh, baked beans, a whole tray of baked beans. Somebody was on their way to somewhere to deliver some food and it was spread all over the back and evidently you could see the car had crossed the medium on a highway and was turning left to go back the other direction but evidently swung out a little too wide and uh, and the tractor just caught the corner of the vehicle and sent it a spinning and she was pitched out of the car. And uh, she was caught underneath the uh, wheels of the truck. And he slammed on his brakes, of course. And, but she was there, stuck in the tires. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was a pitiful scene. I called my sweetheart. And I said, wear your seatbelt on the way back. And um, those things sober us, don't they? They sober us. Uh, This week I was walking into a place of business and as I walked in the door I said, Holy Spirit, put somebody you want me to talk to in my path. I did my business at the counter, went to the waiting room and walked three steps in and someone said, Pastor Shook, I've been wanting to talk to you. And for 45 minutes... I listened to a broken heart, of uh, tragic, tragic, horribly tragic, and uh, a collection of things. But a death of a young person, and this is a grieving father. The wise man said this. He said, "Your life, my life, is just a vapor. It's here for a little while, and then it's gone." When we look at verse 13 in our text, James says, Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Now, how many times do you and I do that unwittingly? What y'all going to do for the holiday? Oh, we're going to get the car. We're going to go over here. We're going to see my grandbaby. I'm going to go over here and do this. And we're going to see my in-laws and... uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to go over here. We're going, we're going over to the amusement park. We're going to ride the whirly gig And uh, we're going to go over here. We're going to get us a pizza. And we're going to go over here. We're going to get us a cup of coffee. And we're going over there. Then we're going over yonder. We're going to do this and that. We do that every day, don't we? We do that every day. And yet the scripture says in verse 15 what we ought to say is, if the Lord will. If the Lord will. I remember know somebody in your life, they they said that they, you hear that all the time. Lord willing, we're going to have you heard that? We ought to hear it more, shouldn't we? Lord willing, we're going up to Ohio to see my grandson. Lord willing. We're gonna go over here and take our kids such and such. Lord willing, we're getting a pizza this afternoon. And what's that reminder? That's a reminder. Of the providence of God Almighty. Look what he says here in uh, verse number uh, 14. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. We don't know what's going to happen about tomorrow. We sing, I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from its sunshine. For its skies may turn to gray. I don't worry o'er the future. For I know what Jesus said. And today he walks beside me. For he knows what is ahead. Many things about tomorrow I may not understand. But I know who holds tomorrow. And I know who holds my hand. Amen. I don't know what folks do that walk through life without a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. What do you do if you don't know God? What if you do if your mother, or your grandmother is tragically thrown from a car on a highway, trying to deliver some food to somebody to be a blessing and a comfort? And you never see her again this side of eternity. What happens? What do you do if you're a father, if you're a mother, if you're a sibling and, and your daughter, your sister is suddenly killed in a tragic accident? What do you do when someone that you didn't, you thought would, would be with you is taken away? What do you do without the Lord? I don't know what folks do without the Lord. I wouldn't want to walk this life without the Lord. Oh, good Lord willing when we get done here. I'm going to go over and speak a few words to our Spanish folks. And then I'm going to do a little study this afternoon. I started saying I'm going to lunch. Not today, though. Oh, boy. Good Lord willing, I'm going to have lunch again soon. Amen. <laughs> but, uh, but we ought to think that way. We ought to think that way. We ought to think daily about the providence of God. We ought to think about that God that we need Him every day. If nothing else, just to remind Him, remind ourselves we need Him every day. This verse 14 tells us life is short. Life is short. What would you do differently if you knew you had only a year to live? What if you had only a month to live? What would you do? What would you say? To whom would you say it? What if you had only 24 hours to live? Who would you call? Who would you get in your car and go see? What would you do? What preparations would you make? What a sad thing to wait too late, to wait too late. You know, I've been with a lot of families over the years. This is a sad thing to say, but I've been with a number of families over the years. And I, I believe this. I, believe, I absolutely believe this. I absolutely believe that sometimes folks linger at the end because they want to see or speak to or have some kind of contact with somebody they love. I absolutely believe that. I've seen it too many times. And, uh, and I've watched folks uh, come in a room and say, Mom, It's okay. Love you. I'm going to see you again. And mama been lingering, 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 lingering. And then mama go to heaven. Yeah. Now can I tell you something? Whatever we're going to do, we better do it now. Because we may not we may not be here tomorrow. Amen? Tragic story. I heard my pastor tell it. A young man is estranged from his father and the family called him several times. And this is so sad to me when somebody's laying in hospital bed and somebody calls a loving and then they, they hang up the phone. Somebody says, What? 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 They're not coming. They're not coming. This young man uh, went to the hospital. Got several calls from the family. They didn't come, didn't come, didn't come. And then dad passed away. They pulled a sheet over his head. And a young man comes walking down the hallway. His dad's just passed. He got to the doorway they shook their heads no he's gone the young man literally crawled up in the bed pulled the sheep back crawled up to the dead straddled his father's body put his hands under his arms pulled his dad up to him said dad I'm sorry I love you I'm sorry forgive me tell me you forgive me dad tell me tell me Tell me you've forgiven me. It's too late for that. He's gone. I don't know about tomorrow, but I know this. I know life is short. And though I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, I know somebody who does know what's going to happen tomorrow. Amen. And we ought to acknowledge His providence. Turn back a couple of pages if you would. We're going to take a little Bible journey today. Turn back a few pages to chapter 1. Verse 9, James 1 9. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. Look at me. Here's what I say. Hey, you rejoice whatever your circumstance is. Maybe you're, maybe you're dirt poor, and all of a sudden you have a, a windfall, and man, and, 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 and you, you're exalted. You like whoa, glory to God. Well, if you're rich, and something turns to, down, and you become poor, you ought to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. That's what he's saying. Verse number 11. Uh, excuse me, verse 10. But the rich in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Do you know, dear friends, listen me carefully. No one dies, rich or poor. They just die. Somebody... One of the servants was standing by the open casket of of John D. Rockefeller. I I assume this story is true. If it's not, it's a legend. If it's a legend, it's still got a good principle to it, okay? But the story is told of a servant who stood by the open casket of Mr. Rockefeller. And somebody walked by and said, well, I wonder how much money he left. And the servant very wisely said, all of it. All of it, amen? Amen. There's a song you've never seen, a U-Haul pulled behind a hearse. <laughs> Why? Because you're not taking it with you. You're not taking it with you. Healthy or sick, rich or poor, we die the same. I think about this sometimes, I go in public places, I think about Proverbs 22, 22 2, which says, the rich and poor meet together, the Lord is the maker of them all. I felt that way in courtrooms. I felt that way in the grocery store. I feel that way when I go to the post office. People pull up in front of post offices in $100,000 cars and people walk to the post office. And you go inside, you got to have the same stamp, got to have an envelope, you got to dress it the same way. (laughs) You know what we are all, are all, all are, are all, are all. (laughs) Mixed up, that's what we are. Uh, We're just all the same, right? We're made out of the same stuff. Ain't a man in here don't put his pants on just like every man, one pant leg at a time. If you don't brush your teeth, you're going to have bad breath just like me. We're all made out of the same stuff. Joshua said it this way I go the way of all the earth. We're all going to the same place. We're going to die. Take your Bibles and turn to Psalm 39. Psalm 39. I told Miss Brenda that I was going to use this. I gave some of these thoughts at David's funeral service. And uh, she had told me that when David got his lung cancer diagnosis, they were driving home from the doctor and uh, thinking about what they had heard, talking about it. And he asked, he asked Miss Brenda back here, said, Brenda, do you think I'll get better? And then he said, either way, it's in the Lord's hands. You got a question mark in your life? You think I'm going to get better? I hope so. Have you got somebody that's not well and you're hoping to get better? I got something like that. But either way, it's in the Lord's hands. You're in Psalm 39, is that right? Look at verse number 4. David said, Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days what it is that I may know how frail I am. His friend, his husband, David, scarce was. He retired uh, from a state trooper, and then he went to work at the jail for a couple decades more. And uh, I remember him saying, I used to say this uh, a lot when we honor the police officers and so forth on civil servant days, but I remember him saying, I'm I'm arresting. At one time he said, I'm arresting the grandchildren of the people I arrested years ago. Sin becomes a pattern, unfortunately, in families' lives. But I was talking to him uh, and uh, he he retired I think after 30 30 years as a state trooper and then worked in the jail. And I said, what was the hardest part about it? And here's what he told me. He said, the toughest part about my job was the fatalities. Little children killed. Having to notify the families. I remember up here in uh, Franklin Village, they call it now, <laughs> and uh, getting a call. And uh, a man had taken his own life, a young man had taken his own life. And they said, Could you come? His dad's coming from work. Could you come and could you be here when dad gets home? And I haven't done this a lot of times, but several times over the years. And uh, greeting that father and telling him, You don't want to go inside. Your son's there and he's gone by his own hand. Just last year, uh, in the middle of the night, the call came two little girls. You see the crosses as you go up uh, 60, as you go up 220 north toward Greensboro, just a couple miles up the road. You see the crosses on the right and uh, two little girls. They were killed there on the side of the road. And, and um, we, don't, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, friends. The Lord said this, Make me to know mine end in the measure of my days what it is that I may know how frail I am. God sobers us in these verses he teaches us yet again in a third passage that life is brief and life is fragile. Psalm one oh three fourteen, David said this, He knoweth my frame and he remembers my frame and knows that I'm just dust. I am but dust. You know what we were made out of? We were made out of dirt. By the way, the same chemical compounds in the dirt is chemical compounds in your body and so, don't get too proud, because we're all just glorified mud balls. Amen. We made out of the dust. We're gonna go back to the dust. No reason for anybody to look down on someone else. Somebody say amen right there. And uh, but we ought to think about that. How frail we are. Listen, you can act like all you want to. You don't need anybody. You don't need anything. And you don't need God. But you're a fool. You're a fool if you live that way. You need God in your life. Your life is short. Your life is fragile, just like mine. Your life is a vapor. And you don't need to act like you don't need anybody or anything, especially act like you don't need God. He holds your breath in His hands. Acts says He giveth you all life and breath. You know, you act like I, I'm an old man. I don't need God. Let me ask you a question. Do you need His water? Do you need His oxygen? Huh? Look at Psalm 90. Look at verse number one here. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Are you at home with the Lord? He said, my, my dwelling place, you are my dwelling place. You are my hiding place. You always feel my life. With songs of deliverance, whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you, I will trust in you. Hey, hey, do you get along with the Lord? Do you go hide out with the Lord? Is He your dwelling place? Lord, Thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever Thou hadst form the earth and the world even from everlasting to everlasting thou art there from eternity past to eternity future there he is but one constant thou art God amen I'm so glad God is God amen and he's not going to be anything else he's going to be himself amen People ask me, "Why did God?" Because that's what God is. People say, "Why, why did not God fix all the evil?" Because that's not who God is. If you want, listen. If you expect God to start twisting people's arms, start all the evil. Who's He going to start with? Should He start with you? Should He start with you? Why didn't He stop all this bad stuff out here? What you mean is, why don't you stop all that bad stuff out there? That, that bad stuff out there that inconveniences me. What you don't mean is stuff, all the bad stuff in my life. There is none righteous, no, not one. We've all gone out of the way. We're all together unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Romans 10, 11, 12. 18. So, if we want to, you know what a lot of people want? They want a God who will do their bidding when they need Him. They want a God that they've made up in their mind. This God in their mind would have healed their grandmother. This God in their mind would have not have let this person over here die. This God in their mind would stop all those horrible people over there chopping people's heads off and burning babies alive in the Middle East. This God of, the, of their mind... Let me tell you something. That God is a false God. That's a God of your imagination. There is a true and living God who made man kind with the ability to choose to love him as he shared his love with us, to love us in return. And that God is a gentleman and that God does not make robots and that God does not twist your arm and make you love him in return. He freely offers his love to you and proved it by butchering his son on the cross of Calvary. He loves you. There's no greater way to prove that love than what he's already done. And he offers that love to you, but he won't force you to take it. And when people reject the love of God, they become wicked and evil and sadistic and do horrible, terrible things and shame on you for pinning that on God. (laughs) Verse 4. For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past. As a watch in the night, we, we talk that way. We say, you know, it just seems like yesterday. Remember that? We talk about something 50 years ago. So it just seems like yesterday. God thinks about something a thousand years ago. He says, yeah, what, not yesterday? Wasn't that yesterday? <laughs> I don't think God, you know, has trouble remembering, but you understand the point. Verse five, thou carriest them away as with a flood. They are as asleep in the morning. They are like grass which groweth up. You know, there's no... there's no. I'll tell you what I think he's saying here. There's no pause button on life. You guys, wait, time out, time out. I want to stay. <laughs> I want to stay at this life stage. There, there's, no, there's no such thing. Uh, we have this uh, screensaver on the television screen. And uh, and it scrolls through. We put a bunch of pictures on there. And you can buy little ones and so forth. But anyway, uh, my parents got one. Those kids got together, and we got them one. And it scrolls all the time. We all send pictures. My uh, six brothers and sisters and I send pictures to it. And I go over go to the house and sit there and look at that thing, you know. And and we... we, we uh, we were at the house last night for a little while together. Just just two of us. Stacy was with her bus route on an activity. So we were sitting there and this thing was scrolling. And you see different life stages you know. And a picture came up of uh, we were at the uh, Apple Orchard up at the altar Pass, And there's a dog that lived there. I'm sure he's gone to dog heaven now by now. But anyway. But he was the friendliest thing. Would jump 10 feet off the ground and catch stuff. It was really phenomenal. And he'd, he'd Curl up right next to you, just a dog lived there, I guess. And uh, Stacy was about this size, Liv was about this size, and Brooke was almost her mom's size by that time. And, and I, got, I snapped a picture of him, and I, and I said, well, that was a good stage of life, wasn't it? That was a good stage of life. You know, when you get older, you think, Did I make the most of that? I hope I did. And we ought to try to do that all the time. Amen. He said we can fret so much about what we, we missed back there, worry about so much about tomorrow. We miss what we're doing right now. Let's just go let, let's go ahead and live today. Amen. Let's go ahead and make the most of this life stage right here. Amen. You said, what's your favorite life stage? Now I mean this honestly. I love being 53. I love being 53. I think I'm awesome. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I do. I love. I love it. I love being 53. I, I, I can do a few more things that I could do at other times in my life. Uh, my offspring are multiplying. That's a real exciting aspect of this time in my life. I feel like both I feel this way and my wife feels this way a deeper love for one another than ever we've had in 31 years. Um, I love it that I'm not super young. but not the other either. <laughs> who was it that said that? I forgot. I think it was Adrian Rogers who said something. You know, we talk about midlife. We're 55 years old. He said, how many people you know 110 years old? I'm like, I turned him off, amen? And uh, anyway, but life is like this, 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 this flood. It, you're, gonna, you, you're not going to stop. Stop, I want to get off the train. No, the train doesn't stop for any of us. How many of you have said in your life, you know, one day I'm going to, and now then days, weeks, months, maybe years have ticked by when God somewhere along the line pricked your heart and convicted you about something, and you made up your mind is going to do something and still you haven't done anything about it. There's no pause button on life. You close your eyes, and next thing you know, your kids are grown. And you say, Wasn't it just this morning? That we were young. And now we're saying goodbye. The verse says in the morning. They are like grass which groweth up. Verse 6. In the morning it flourisheth. And groweth up in the evening. It's cut down. And withereth away. Life is brief. God is the one. Constant. In our life. Go to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. Verse number 6. The voice said, Cry. And he said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. Look, look, look at me for just a moment. I wish I had it with me. I wish I had thought to bring it. We showed a little video clip of a little lady who wrote a poem. Oh, no, maybe, uh, yeah, yeah. A caretaker took a video of a little lady she cared for who wrote a poem about fading beauty and inner beauty. It's the most beautiful thing. We showed it at the ladies' conference, and I've showed it, I think, in different places. But let me say this. We have some of the loveliest girls here in this church and this ministry. I think my daughters are the fairest in the land, and I'm sure you think the same about yours. But uh, the Bible says... Favor is deceitful, it'll fool you. And beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Not just while she's young and beautiful. You ever notice what what, what Hollywood, and especially the music industry does to these little 10, 11, 12, 13-year-old pop stars? They're 12 years old, and they want to dress like they're 18. Well, like no 18-year-old should dress, but you know what I mean. And so they have their, they're on the lunch boxes and, you know, they're on all the charts and so forth. And then, and then they get a little older. Then they get weirder. Weirder. Doing abnormal things. Ungodly, weird things. Why? Try to keep the limelight. Let me tell you something. Let me help you. If you've got to do something... Inappropriate, ungodly, untoward to get attention. First of all, there's someone always willing to be a little more immodest than you. So you're going to have to do something else to get the same glances. Hello. I know it's Sunday morning. You can say amen. And if your behavior, you got to do something weird with your behavior to get on the news or wherever you want to get on to. There is no end to that. But you know what? I mean this with all my heart. My wife has gotten more beautiful with time. (laughs) She's like cheese. Cheese. Well, that felt flat. <laughs> I'll hear about that later. No, but I'll tell you something. Every man, in this, every man in this room, your wife ought to be the most beautiful woman in the world to you. Amen. That's right. Amen. If you got any sense, you understand biblically real beauty is not how your skin your skin tone or if your skin lays flat or wrinkles a little bit. No. That's deceitful. And the Bible says it's, a, it's an empty life. If that's what you go, going Look. You men that love your bodies, you're weird. You men that stand in front of mirrors. You folks, you folks like to go with a bunch of people and you get in front of mirrors and admire each other. And probably you're admiring things you should admire while you're in there. Amen. Anyway, you guys are weird. <laughs> now, I, granted, I need to be more fit. But if that's what your life is about, it ain't, it's not going to last. The flood is rushing through. And you don't just put up a flag and say, I want to get off now. I want to sit on the bank a while. No. You are getting older. That barrel chest may become a sunken treasure. Verse 7. The grass withereth. The flower fadeth. Because the spirit of the Lord. Where's my mind? The spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people. Is as grass. The grass withereth. The flower fadeth. But the. Word of our God shall stand forever. Here's a three-point outline. Number one, be ready for eternity. If you're not born again, you do not know what a day may bring forth. You do not know how long you're going to live. You might be here for another 50 years. You may not be here five more minutes be ready for eternity. Oh, listen. If you don't know you're saved, listen. Do you have a testimony? Can you give me a Bible reason why you believe you're going to heaven? Yesterday I got to lead a little, a little 13-year-old girl to Christ. Sweetest thing. And I met several folks, uh, family. Asked them, do you, know the Lord? do you know the Lord? Yes, yes, we know the Lord. And uh, have you been saved? Yes, yes, yes. And a uh, little 10-year-old girl said, I haven't been saved. And Mom was right there next to her. said, Mom, can I show her how to be saved? She said, yeah, absolutely. And it was so sweet. And she received Christ and and it got done and and several family members standing around there and a cousin was standing there I said now everybody everybody else you understood what I just shared uh, with uh, little Sabrina you understand that right And you've done that right Yes 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 And I got the little 13 year old she said I said, what are we waiting for I said, you heard everything I said to her do you believe it she goes mm. I said, do you need to be safe mm-hmm. I said you want to be safe mm-hmm. And she received Christ amen now, you better have you, you, listen, if you're waiting on something, quit waiting. If you need to know from this book, not what your pastor told you, not what you read in some book somewhere, but what the Bible says, this book right here, the Word of God, you need to know from the Bible how you know for sure you're going to heaven. Amen? Because I'm, sure, I'm good. I grew up in a Christian home. So did I. My father's a preacher. So was mine. I've been baptized. So I, So was I. I go to Sunday school. I could listen. I could win the contest. Quit quoting the books of the Bible. I could uh, say the, uh, the, the 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 doctrines. I mean, but I wasn't saved. I wasn't saved. Number two, I said. Number one, be ready for eternity. Number two, live for eternity. Live for eternity. Luke nineteen seventeen said, "You've been faithful in a little. I'll give you authority over ten cities." Second Timothy 2 Timothy 2.12, if we suffer, we shall also reign with Him. Several times the Bible says we will be kings and priests. We will reign with Him. Proverbs 20 and verse number 6 says we will reign with Him for a thousand years. Matthew sixteen nineteen and 20, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth uh, 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 and uh, Rust doth corrupt and thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and thieves don't break through and steal. Listen, be ready for eternity. Number two, live for eternity. Live for eternity. I said at the closing message last year, you draw an eternal line that way and eternal line that way with a pen and you take that pen and put a dot right here. What you do in this life determines what comes in eternity future for you. Live for eternity. How many been to Bucky's? And been to Bucky's. I would say you're not missing out on much, but actually, you're missing out on a lot because Bucky's is a Costco sized gas station. Literally. I'm not exaggerating. Anyway, so anyway, we, we travel uh, here and there. And so uh, we've stopped at Bucky's a few times. And uh, they have this sign outside of Bucky's. And it says Cashier, Gift, Store, and Maintenance, Warehouse, and Grocery Stocker. $16 an hour. Food service and car wash, $19 an hour. Team lead, $18 to $21 an hour. Department manager, $23 to $31 an hour. Don't you leave Aspera and go work for Bucky's now. You watch yourself. <laughs> Full time is 35 to 50 hours. All my staff is going to quit after this. Full time, 35 to 50 hours, with no experience necessary. Assistant general manager, 100,000. Car wash manager, 125,000. Food service manager, 125,000 to 175,000. General manager, 150,000 to 225,000. Listen, when you quit, if you become general manager, would you make me your food service manager, please? (laughs) There's one coming to Mebbin. All right. Anyway. All right, you can get a job there as long as you promise to tithe. Uh, anyway, <laughs> now let me finish with this little theoretical. Suppose there are 50 people who are signing up for a job at Bucky's and it's my job to assess you and there's going to be a one-day trial. A one-day trial, and we're going to watch you. Fifty prospective employees. We're going to put you with somebody. You're going to be in the store. You're going to be doing the job. Describe the job. You're going to be doing the job, and we're going to watch you. And based on your performance while you work, we will give you one of these positions. When it's over, one of you is going to be the general manager. 150, 225 thousand a year, 401k match, three weeks paid time off. Let's close in prayer. I'm going to apply. Uh, some of you are going to be uh, grocery stockers, 16 bucks an hour. Some of you are going to be car wash, 19 Team leads. Department. Now let me ask you a question. Think with me. If you knew you were given a job, make it one hour. Make it one hour. Say, we're going to work you for one hour. Here's your job. Work for one hour. We're going to watch your work and give you a position based on what we see. Let me ask you a question. How would you work for that one hour? What do they call this thing? Uh, quiet quitting. Is that what they call that thing? Quiet quitting. Would you be a quiet quitter? I don't think so. I'd be. I'd be Johnny on the spot. I'd give it my best. Amen. Amen. Man, that hour, I'd be. I mean, I'd be all in, giving it my best. Amen. What? is our life. It is even a vapor that's here for a little time and then vanisheth away. We are just one dot on an eternal line and that dot determines what happens in eternity future and you and I will rule and reign with the Lord Jesus Christ. I just might be the mayor of of Ashborough. Hey, I might be the governor of North Carolina. We're going to have a millennial reign on this earth. Jesus is going to be in charge and I'm going to rule and reign with him. Amen. Now, I'm not trying to be ugly, but some of you are going to be, never mind. (laughs) Live for eternity. And lastly, take somebody with you. Take somebody with you. If Life is short. Some of you got loved ones that need to be saved. And life is short. What are you going to do when the phone call comes and they're gone suddenly and you never witness to them? Never told about Christ. Let's bow our heads please.